Welcome, folks, to the Florida Keys Weekly Show and Podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us. I'm Brett Myers, owner and partner at Keys Weekly Media. I'm also a janitor there. But I want to thank everyone for tuning in this week. We've had some great shows lately. Before we talk about the special guest on today's show, I want to thank our friends and listeners at WKWF AM 1600 and the FM station over at 103.3 FM. That's Saturday and Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. So if you're up there, early and listening thank you and of course over at 93.7 nrg that's 5 a.m on sundays if you'd like to get up a little earlier or if you get up a little later like me maybe you just go to keysweekly.com listen to this show and all the other shows we've been doing here over the past few months and i want to thank everyone as that list grows for listening in and checking out the florida keys weekly podcast or show and for those savvy people out there if you if you like to get on the Amazon or the Spotify or this or the Apple, we are on all those platforms. Which brings me to my next guest this week, folks, on the Florida Keys Weekly Show. We have the one, the only, Mark Hedden. Mark Hedden is a local celebrity here in Key West. Everyone knows Mark. Mark uh, also supports us at the Keys Weekly. He writes a weekly column called Wild Things. Most people know that. We're going to talk about that. A lot of that's about uh, one of his passions, which is birds uh, here in the Florida Keys. He's a photographer, writer, semi-professional bird watcher, he says. Uh, he's lived in Key West for more than 25 years and may no longer be um, employable in the real world. I think that's true for most of us down here. He is also the executive director of the Florida Keys Audubon Society. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Britt. How you doing? I'm good. This is the highlight of your life, I know. Now, we just... This is my first podcast. No way. I've been on the radio, but I've never done a podcast. So, so this so. is what the kids call a podcast, Mark. I've heard these. You're going to love it. This is going to change your life. When you walk out today... We won't have to be taking or talking, will we? We're just like... No, we just sit here and look just, at each okay, other. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not so, this is Mark Hedden, folks. This is what you're getting today, so buckle up. No, Mark is... I joke about things a lot. He really is, whether he likes it or not, one of the most well-known kind of local celebrities down here in Key West and the Florida Keys. And Mark, your passion with the Audubon Society, you said you're a semi-professional bird watcher. That's not true. You are as professional as they come. I'll say this. You've been writing wild things in the paper now for almost half a year or so, right? Pretty a much. Year. Yeah. I started January, the first week of January last oh, year. So, so. I was one of those people, too, and I know you and how smart you are, and your wife's even smarter, Nan, who we'll talk about. I'll agree with that. Yes, but... I thought, you know, Mark's going to do a column. I love having his name in the paper. It's cool because Mark's cool. I just don't know how exciting someone can make birds. And I was I was damn wrong. Everyone I come across says, that's just the coolest article. That's the coolest piece. Every week we go in there and we read wild things. And we learn about birds and the Audubon Society and what takes place here in the Keys. And, I, and it's fascinating. I never, you know, you think about migration, the Keys. Yes, a lot of birds come through here. But what you capture and what you talk about is a pretty cool thing week in and week out. I, I Yeah, I mean, it's the result of it. I actually, I just passed my 30th anniversary of living here. I've, I'm going to have to update my bio in there, I you guess. you got to update it. Mine, mine's my 30. prom picture from like 1920, so i got to update mine too. So 30 years in the Keys. 30 years in the Keys. Yeah, and I didn't start out as a bird watcher. I kind of got into it after about... 10 years of living here. I just started paying attention and realizing what a great place this was for birds. Um, so that, that, that kind of triggered it for me. Now, you, you are very modest and you cut up a lot like I do. So you'll say you're an amateur, but you're not. You are a professional, incredible photographer. You have an exhibit we'll talk about as well coming up at the studios of Key West. 
but were you a photographer first and then a bird watcher or were you were you kind of getting into birds and thought man photography would really capture this even more uh, it's, all right it's a complicated answer but um so i had a dark room when i was young when i was a kid in my parents basement like a lot of people did and i shot a lot of pictures and developed my own film and all that stuff and then i started when i moved down here i didn't have a dark room and I had to drop my stuff off at, you know, CVS or Profoto, any of those places. And I always hated the way those photos look because I had no control <laughs> over the outcome of them. And I just never liked process films. So I didn't shoot pictures for probably 20 years. Um, and I ended up owning, of all the strange things that happened in your life in Key West, I ended up owning a, a, a tour company, a birding tour company, where we sent people all over the world, um, mostly to Trinidad and Tobago, but all, all over the Caribbean, all over Europe. We sent people to Africa. It was kind of this great thing, although I was in an office 60 hours a week um, doing paperwork. They were doing the fun stuff. <laughs> they were doing yeah. the, fu the fun stuff. But when we started realizing there was a burgeoning market in uh, bird photography because of digital photography, I kind of bought my first real good modern camera. And then I got obsessed with everything else besides bird photography, even though I do bird photography all the time. Right. Um, so we'll talk about that for those listening that don't know much about like, like I didn't, I mean, mm -hmm. I, like I, I pretend to know things and I don't, most people know that now, but with the Audubon, yeah, yeah. With the Audubon Society, for example, you were speaking to our Rotary Club one time, and mm -hmm. you told two pretty cool stories. One was this elusive bird that may or may not exist, and the other was one of the coolest birds, one of the most rare birds you'd ever seen. I think down in what is City Hall now, in a tree or a tower down there. Oh, the Stygian owl. Yeah, can you tell people about those two things? I know yeah, I mean, well, two things. One is oh, the Cuban finch is a long story. Um, a Cuban finch is a conch myth. <laughs> Basically, there's this. It's not a conch myth. It's just you know, you know. For I always say this: birds don't care what you call them. If you're in Topeka, Kansas, listening, yeah. a conch being a local Key Wester from here, long generation, a conch myth, a local myth. So go ahead. Sorry. Right. So we, so we have all these little tiny birds that show up, and for a long time, you, you, people will tell you the great authority, like, oh yeah, that's a Cuban finch, <laughs> and what they're really looking at is about like 30 different species of warblers, and there's always this myth that they're sitting in Cuba and the wind comes up and they got blown over here and they're either gonna be <laughs> crappy underdogs and they're going to make it here in the new world or they're going to die because they can't write their, find the right food. Okay. And none of that's true. They're actually, um, they're, they're warblers. They, they breed in like the boreal forests of Maine and uh, Connecticut and Canada and things like that. And then they migrate south every year and they come through here about the same time as hurricane season. Okay. So people make this connection of hurricanes are around, these birds show up. Um, and there's these things called Cuban finches getting blown over here. So for like, you know, I've been working for Audubon for probably six or eight years. I've been involved for close to 20. And part of my mission of life is just to kind of gently tell people accurate things about birds. So I'm always wrestling with, because I mean, the, the, the whole uh, Cuban finch thing, because people are always like, you know, I saw a Cuban finch. How many people tell you that a year they saw a Cuban finch? Oh, five, 10, 20. It's hard to say. But the thing is, I have a friend I play poker with, a guy named Robert Marrero. And one day we were playing poker and this was in the middle of a hurricane. And we went outside and we were sitting there drinking scotch on the porch, watching the eye of the hurricane go over. And he looks at me and says, a lot of Cuban finches in my yard lately. Uh -huh. And I, I, I had a couple <laughs> scotches and I kind of went off on them. And he kind of realized it upset me. So now my friends will mess with me and have people come up to me and tell me they saw Cuban finches. So I don't know if people are being earnest or but if I, I'm being I, pranked. I kind of know, Robert. I'd say this from what I know of him. 
isn't it likely that he maybe does see those birds in his head? Uh, it's possible. It's po- you know what goes on in Robert Murrow's head is is, is okay. a mystery to many. Gotcha. Um, now, now a real bird you saw because this was fascinating too. Mm-hmm. I think someone that day and you're a great. If anyone listening wants Mark to come speak, you're a great speaker and a great advocate for the Audubon Society. And you were and someone asked you the cliche question, which was, "What's one of the most rare, coolest birds you've seen?" Here in the Keys, and that was, I think if I recall, it was something down by here in Key West, right? Yeah, it was this thing called a Stygian owl, which um, Stygian, Stygian comes from the name of the River Styx. It was like this owl is supposedly remind people of, you know, you cross the River Styx when you die. Mm-hmm. So somehow this, this owl kind of got the reputation of being this kind of signifier of death. I don't know. It's a perfectly nice owl, but it shouldn't, <laughs> it shouldn't be here. Um, you know, I went looking for him in Cuba in the rainforest over there. I wasn't rainforest, but I did go looking for him in Cuba and we didn't have much luck. Um, and I was, I got a call one day from a woman named Emily Mercer who's a friend and she's like, you know, there's these hawks over there. What's going on? Cause there were these hawks screaming. So I went over to look at the hawks cause it was summer and hawks aren't supposed to be here. And the thing they were screaming at, which I finally figured out, was this this brown lump in a tree. And I didn't have my binoculars with me, and my car was such a mess that I couldn't find the pair I usually keep in there. So I had to run home, get a pair of binoculars and my camera, and then I came, and I saw this bird, and I'm like, I have no idea what this is. So I took a bunch of photos of it, then I had to run home again and look up and all my field guides of like the Caribbean and Cuba and all this kind of stuff. So he or she was just hanging, it wouldn't move. It was, it was just out sitting there. in okay. someone's yard on, on in, in, you know, in, in a tree in their front yard, right behind said. Have you seen one since? No, this is the third time one's been seen in North America. Okay. Um, first time in Florida. Um, there'd been two seen in like the early 90s in Texas. Really? Yeah. Um, That's amazing. So they're that rare. And the thing just showed up in this yard. And I, you know, I, 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 I found it. I probably figured out what it was about two o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, in bird world, there's all these obsessives who want to see everything that comes into the country and they want to build up their life list. And so I put that out there about two o'clock. But there wasn't enough time for anyone who didn't live in Key West to get here. And it only hung, right. hung around for an afternoon. So like, you know, the, the male guy you passed by, he got to see it. The people who lived in the house, my friend Craig Reynolds, an architect rode by yeah. on his bike. He's like, what are you looking at? And like, <laughs> I had to explain the whole owl thing. You know, homeless people were walking by. We were like pointing out the bird to him. So like 30 people saw this bird and then all the hardcore birds. There are people who got in their car from Illinois that night and drove overnight to come see this owl. No way. And did not see it. They don't know about airplanes, huh? They love birds, but they can't fly. That's Probably cool. might have been quicker to drive than fly at that point. <laughs> um, how long ago was that? Like, when did you see this? Two or three so, years ago. All right. Yeah. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And stuff like that shows up in the Keys all the time because we're kind of like this weird little appendage out in the middle of the ocean. Now, did you um, notice when COVID sort of shut us all down and here in Key West, we were in our bubble, at least we were very fortunate. We were able to get out, see things, keep our distance, of course. Mm-hmm. Did you notice an uptick in bird? I mean, did that change the, the nature? You know, I, I know across the world we'd see videos and... New York and parks where deer were coming back and birds were coming back. Did you notice that in Key West or, or kind of does it sort of maintain its bird traffic? I didn't personally notice it. Um, but what, actually, the weird thing that happened that is people kept calling me about dead birds. Oh, yeah. And there were people deciding that it was 5G or that it was some kind of government poison program or something like that. Well, they're not real, right? Well, the, the birds, they, they, that's a whole other... 
that's a whole other conspiracy theory. But on this conspiracy theory, people were, you know, they had all these causes for dying. And, and the real truth of the matter is there were more people out walking around with more time on their hands to stare down at their feet while they're walking and see dead birds. And those birds were migrating and migrating. Migration is brutal. I mean, a good, I mean, there's varying percentages because it's really hard to figure out how many birds die in migration. But some bird, people think like up to half the birds that migrate die every year. Really? Yeah. Man. Um, and people don't think about architecture when they build things, windows. Yeah, there's that. And, and there's all kinds of things people just don't think about, I'm sure, mm-hmm. when it comes to the birds and taking care of them. So. Right. And But it's also, you know, having to fly across an ocean is physically exhausting and having to do that twice a year. I can barely go down the steps. I can't yeah. imagine. Um, well, it, we're going to talk about... Your passion for photography and birds and, and a show you've got coming up sort of off the subject a little bit. But for those while we're on this segment, for those that are listening, if you if you said, hey, I never really thought about that, especially locally here in the Florida Keys with, with birds and the Audubon Society. How can they get involved and where can they find that at? Um, well, we have a website, keysaudubon.org pretty easy to find we all are also on facebook um all those things usually lead to my email and we're happy to answer questions about birds we haven't you know since covid we haven't really done a lot of birding activities right um just because getting people together seemed like a bad idea we had the we did a secret hawk watch on top of the roof of the studios of qs last year where we you know first day people who, who responded we would tell them where it was which was the roof of the studios of qs but um and that, but so we did a couple of small things, but a lot of our programming has fallen off, and we'll probably try and get back to it this winter. But we're just kind of waiting to see what happens with the variants. I mean, it's hard to plan too far in advance right now. But you guys do stuff all throughout Monroe County in the Florida Keys. Correct? We do, although I mean, it's Key West, and most of our members live here, so most of our stuff is oriented here. Uh-huh. Um, and we do have a thing coming up called the Christmas Bird Count, which is like it's the 121st Christmas Bird Count this year, I think. And that came about from, there used to be a tradition called a Christmas bird hunt, mm-hmm. where people would go out and just blow every bird they saw out of the sky. Jeez. And whoever had the biggest pile of birds at the end won. Well, that's one way to do it. And a guy named Frank Chapman, who was kind of, I don't even know if it was called the Audubon Society yet, but he was an early bird conservationist, said, you know, what if we just looked at him and counted them? <laughs> <laughs> so they started the Christmas bird count, which is kind of a good diversionary activity, but it also is a great bit of citizen science and that it's a snapshot of the bird populations all over the country every year and so you can kind of figure out what birds are where um in in what numbers and we do that we're going to be doing ours i believe on december 26th all right well and really cool now aside from that and aside from the cuban finch that may or may not exist like a snipe i'm from from georgia we call that snipe hunting Mm -hmm. someone tells you they killed a snipe it's kind of like that was different when i was on cub scouts yeah maybe so let's not go into that too much um but no all that aside the question is what is that one what is your a real bird elusive bird you would just love to see well I mean birders have these things that are called jinx birds okay where you've gone out to see them a bunch of times and I you know I have a couple I mean I'm a weird birder most birders are very into their life list and kind of accruing how many species they've seen and it kind of feels like paperwork to me. Mm-hmm. So I really don't have a life list. I don't know how many birds I've seen. I generally know if I've seen a bird or not. Okay. Um, and, but I, so my interest in chasing things varies a lot of times, but there's a couple of birds I've gone looking for. There's a thing called a Key West quail dove. Key West quail dove. That's not the one that George Fernandez has at the butterfly conservatory. Is it? No, I okay. do not believe so. Um, they're incredibly rare. I mean, Audubon, I think was presented a pair here when he was here in 1832 
And I think those are the last ones seen in Key West. Really? So we've got a bird named after Key West that actually shouldn't be there. They're like a Cuban species and a Caribbean species, uh-huh. but they hardly, they show up here like every 50 years. So a couple years ago, uh, one showed up on Long Key, at Long Key State Park, you know, about 60 miles up the road. Right. And I went seven times looking for that bird. Like every other birder I know saw it, like easily walked in there, saw the thing. I went seven times, stood in that very lovely piece of forest for like two hours every time and never saw it. Now, is that a jinx bird? You said that's a jinx bird. I mean, it's a really high end jinx bird because of how rarely they get seen. I mean, that's seriously every 50 years is when they show up. I need some jinx people that I don't see that often. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, (laughs) So there's that one. There's a thing called a Lasagras flycatcher, which probably gets seen two or three times down here every year at least in south florida and i've never seen one of those okay so those are kind of ones that bother me all right but if you saw them you would know them right away like that's that's what that is yeah okay that's that's pretty cool um you talked about marrero earlier people like that i know you hang out with a guy named joe mitchell Mm -hmm. he's been on the podcast before talking about canada we learned a lot about canada from joe mitchell apparently it's a real country (laughs) they do stuff up there and uh, Joe Mitchell says that you hate hugs. And one time I gave you a hug and I could tell you didn't like it. Now, I don't know if it was just because it was me and we don't know each other that well. And I probably, and I put my hands around you in a very intimate way. Or you was, just, you wasn't just it hate, COVID? Wasn't it during COVID? I may have breathed on you too during COVID, yeah. which is not cool. So do you really hate hugs though? No, I think that's uh, Mitchell mythology. Okay. To tell you the truth. All right. He's probably yeah. a person that has seen. But now every time I see Joe, Joe I try to hug him as awkwardly as possible. <laughs> So, if I had to guess, Joe Mitchell is someone who thinks they have seen a Cuban finch. I bet you. I don't know if Joe Mitchell is a person who thinks about birds. Okay. We'll, we'll look he may into not. that. Other than he's a golfer, so the whole birdie thing. Yeah, yeah. He'll but, talk about um, that. Well, we'll look into that with Joe. That's disappointing because I really thought you. He's he's very passionate about you hating hugs and, and tells everyone to hug you. I mean, like, I don't want to ruin the myth. Okay. But. All right. Um, you've got. A show coming up. We're going to talk about that. Before we do that, I, we, we've got listeners. Shanice uh, Dos Santos, our producer, is showing me the time. We've got a little time here. I'm with Mark Hedden. We're on the Florida Keys Weekly Show and Podcast. Mark, you're well known. Your wife is extremely well known. Nan as well. How did you guys, just for context for people listening, and I should have asked you this in the beginning, but how did you guys get to the Keys? Where are you from and, and why here in Key West? And, and again, you're a very much a notable part of Key West now and respected, but how, how did all that happen? Well, a lot of people think Nan and I moved here together. We didn't. Okay. But we moved here about the same time. Um, and she came down working for the Miami Herald. They used to have a bureau down here, mm-hmm. two and a half person bureau. And so she came down here and it was, I think, a two year job, generally, people worked there like Jay Carney who was Obama, one of Obama's uh, press secretaries had that job a couple people before her oh wow okay. and so she came down here and she worked it for two years and then she's like I don't want to leave yeah <laughs> and she stayed for 10 um, and I ended up coming down here I graduated college I had a, I was a dual major between English and journalism where was this uh, Rutgers okay. University which is the state college in New Jersey which yeah. people think is a better college the further you are away from it um, so <laughs> so you know people are like it's in the Ivy League and you're like yeah sure absolutely all right I can see the red <laughs> actually my there. college turned down the Ivy League but um but so I graduated there I'd worked at the college paper which was twice the size of the citizen we had an independent college paper never heard of that one but go ahead um yeah <laughs> it, was, it was pretty big I mean they gave it like we're a bunch of like 19 year olds and they just gave us a newspaper 
yeah. to run independently with no oversight. That's what happened to Jason and I here at the Keys Weekly. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, kind of similar. Yeah. All right. Um, so I had a chance of taking a job for Geraldo Rivera, and not for TV, but he had a newspaper. What? So I had a job of taking a job for him or moving down here with a friend who kind of uh, needed to leave town for a while. And we'll just leave it at that. But you could have gone and found like the treasure, like the Jimmy Hoffa or like, you know, Al Capone's treasure chest. Or... But it was empty. Yeah. There was, there was nothing there. I could, yeah. So I don't know. So I had a jo- choice of those two jobs. and I just decided to move down here for a year. All right. And, and then it's now 30 years later. So we won't make this all about Nan because she's she's an incredible person. And you're both so intelligent and very respected. Uh, it probably intimidating to a lot of people. If I was smarter, I would be intimidated, but I'm not smart enough to even worry about it. How many how many books are in your house right now? Oh, God. I mean, mostly they're not my fault. I mean, I own like a third of them. Okay. But the big snow drifts of books that are on the tables those are those are mostly nan okay um but yeah for the record we met at the green parrot which i think gives us credibility who who approached to who was who uh, we just were talking at the parrot we didn't really date for three years but we met at the green okay. parrot all right um she when she was at the miami herald before beepers and before cell phones mm-hmm. they had the they had the green parrot on speed dial her editors yeah so if they needed to catch her <laughs> after she left the office <laughs> <laughs> they would call the green parrot. I like it. Now, in your, in your bio, Nan's the respectable, you know, everyone knows Nan, and she's yeah. great at what she does. You say in your bio, and this was your words, as much as I like to cut up, you said, may, may no longer be employable in the real world. What's that mean? Um, well, I think I've been here a long time. I'm unlikely to cut my ponytail for a job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it matters that I don't want a job where I have to wear, like, long pants or shoes with laces. You sound like Mandy Miles or editor here in Key West. That's well, she, I mean, Mandy's from Jersey too. We kind of, you know, touche. Both kind of, she came down here with a legitimate job though. I came down, I, my first job down here was working at Shoney's. There was a Shoney's here in Key West? There was a Shoney's here in Key West and I worked with a bunch of angry Navy wives and then I would drink with them every day after work. Oh man. It was, it was actually a good lesson that not everybody wants to be here. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> come, come to find out. Come to find out because I was like, this place is the greatest place ever and they were like, Arr. not at Shoney's. Uh, so how many jobs have you had in Key West? Shoney's, bookstore, advertising agency. I went a publishing company for 10 years. Um, have, have I told you my best publishing company joke? No, I want to hear it. You know the way to make a small fortune in publishing? How's that? Start with a large one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's true. It's just sad. But my credit cards all work now again, so it's pretty great. Oh. Um, so I did that, and then I kind of... I wrote a column for The Citizen for 10 years, eight years, I guess. Yep. Um, and then I fell into running a tour company, a bird tour company, where you know we sent people everywhere and uh, did that for about eight years. Well, so. and here you are, and still doing it now. You also are an artist, photographer. You do mm-hmm. exhibits uh, from time to time. Your most recent was at the studios of Key West. You have another one coming up there. Your last one that I recall recently was uh, regarding Fantasy Fest, a lot of images. That was actually at the Art and Historical Museum. Oh, that was Key West Art House. Historical. That's that was right. my first show where I've ever had a black curtain, so I was pretty happy about that. All right, so excuse me, our friends at Key West Art Historical Society, uh, that was that one. I don't want Michael to call and yell at me. Make sure we yeah. get that right. And now this, but the one coming up is at the studios of Key West, correct? Right. It's in the Sanger Gallery, the downstairs gallery. 
there. All right, so um, let's, t- let's tell folks about that one because that's going to be really cool. Uh, what's what's the premise? It's going to be called South of the Southernmost. Tell us about that exhibit. Yeah, well, I mean, so um, a lot of people knew David Walkowski in town. He was the kind of guy. He was at the head of the uh, art and his, or the kind of the historical architecture preservation movement down here, mm-hmm. and he's owned a bunch of businesses, you know, and he was just a legend down here. And he died a couple years in '99. And one of the things David owned was this island called Ballast Key, which is 10 miles west of Key West, and he had a private house out there, and then a guest out here, there. There's three buildings out there. It's about 18 acres. And when he died, he um, the estate gave it to the Nature Conservancy, who promptly handed it over to Fish and Wildlife Service um, with the Nature Conservancy managing it. And so when I found out all this was happening, um, I knew Chris Berg, and he brought me out there one night just to kind of show me what they were doing. And so I wrote a proposal to the Knight Foundation, who gives out a lot of arts grants every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the Knight's Arts Challenge, and they've thrown a ton of money into the to the um, South Florida arts community. So I wrote a proposal to them to uh, work as artists and residents out there for a year. Um, and they approved it. So I got a grant to basically do that. So I've been working because of COVID. I probably been working out there for about a year and a half, close to two years, taking okay. photos and just generally hanging around. But it's this kind of amazing little island in the middle of a wildlife refuge with a house with a 180 degree ocean view. And, and, you know, those built in the manner of the, um, I forget which lighthouse it was, but one of the lighthouses down here, the, um, one of the ones that burned down, um, but it's this, this massive architect design, beautiful house out there. Yeah, I think if most people who live here and get on the water have seen it or gone out there. Yeah, it's kind of. I was thinking of like Springsteen's mansion on the hill. Yeah, it's everyone goes by it on the boat to the Tortugas and has these fantasies about what they would do if they live there. Is it man key or woman? Which keys? Right. It's between man and woman key. Right. And which apparently switched at one point in time, which I think is hilarious. It could be weak for the key. keys. Yeah. Like know. man and woman key switch their names. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, which it, I think is just it's 2022. I mean, almost. Yeah. Like, I mean, why not? The Refuge is trans before trans was cool. <laughs> so for those who know a little bit about David Wachowski and, mm-hmm. and that house, understand the prestige and the history. For those that don't, I mean, to understand his legacy, him hanging out with Truman Capote and Tennessee right. Williams and all that he did for the Keys and Jimmy Buffett, um, all of these people looked up to him, right? The first and, time I went out there, there was a signed Jimmy Buffett album cover that said, David, sell me your island, Jimmy. <laughs> and he had it on the market for like $16.3 million forever. And, you know, talking to his nephew and other people, he just really liked to toy with people on that stuff. He never actually wanted to sell it. But he had all these people coming at him trying to negotiate buying the island from him and he'd string them along for a while and then his stories would, are I mean you could do a, oh yeah I 10 mean, podcasts on him and 10 books his stories are legendary but you're you're out there so your exhibit's going to be around Ballast Key him what are you doing out there? When you well say you're, I mean you're, part of it is you know it's been this kind of private playground for a long time and now it's it's new mission is to be a backcountry research station and part of that was hampered by COVID mm-hmm. but you know the wildlife that's out there that's amazing it's, it's a middle in the middle of a nurse shark rookery or nursery not nurse I'm sorry it's a lemon shark nursery um so you go out there in the sand flats and you'll look around and there'll be like a dozen lemon sharks just swimming around your ankles mm-hmm. I mean they're two footers but it's kind of amazing to just see that many sharks in one place yeah. and that's every it's, they're out there all the time just hanging out uh-huh and there's birds like the great white heron which only exists in the Florida Keys and it's kind of debatable whether it's a species or a subspecies but there's a ton of them out there um, there's one little reef, maybe a little island, like a, a really small little patch. It sticks up over by man or woman key, whichever one changed to which. Mm-hmm. And it's and there's always it's one of the few places you'll consistently 
see white pelicans and they hang out over there on that little patch. I don't know if you've ever seen that. And someone was telling me that's one of the few places they ever hang out down here, or these, just like this group of white pelicans. I know during COVID out on the golf course, I saw them hanging out there. There were no people. So they started hanging out there. Mm-hmm. And then when people came back, they didn't anymore. But what do you have any, I don't know. I don't want to turn your exhibit into a white pelican discussion, but we're talking about that area. Yeah. Well, I mean, I see them out there all the time. They're kind of a backcountry bird. I mean, I'll see them fly over the mainline keys on a, pretty regular basis usually high up and most people don't notice because they've got better things to do than stare at the sky but um, you'd be surprised (laughs) but uh they float around you see them out at what's called bruce key which is this kind of sandbar that came up off of um Woman Key after uh, Hurricane Wilma. Maybe that's it. That's, that's probably what and, I'm But they'll out. also be on the far side of Boca Grande, and I've seen them in the middle. Barracuda Key has this lake in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and I've gone by there on my boat, and I've just seen them swirling above the lake. Okay. But they always travel in a pack of like 80 of them. And, you know, there are these birds with eight-foot wingspans, so they're kind of impressive. It's amazing to think how big they are if you're you're close to them. Well, tell us about the exhibit, Mark. So we have Mark Hedden here on the Florida Keys Weekly Show podcast. He's got the show coming up. This one's at the studios of Key West called South of the Southernmost. So tell us a little more about the show. Well, I mean, the the one thing about that island, which is it's actually south of the southernmost point. Okay. Southernmost point is just a marker they put up so everyone can say, hey, I've been to the southernmost point. And, you know, really in Key West, it's that Navy property right there. But this is actually if you look at a map uh the house there and actually that island is the southern southernmost point in the lower 48 states okay um so that's kind of why i named it that because everyone talks about the southernmost point but it's kind of misnomered um so and you know part of it's the architecture and the history and part of it's you know there's some interesting human stuff going on there like cuban chugs laying there on a regular basis okay um so that's kind of incorporated into the show and then all the wildlife, the sharks and the birds. That's fascinating. Now, will like you that. do stuff that you've taken? Is there historical stuff in there? It's all, it's all photos I've taken over okay. the last couple of years. And when does this take place? It opens January 6th. January 6th. Yeah. Here in Key West, studios of Key West. If people want to go by and check it out, is that just during open hours? It's going to be up for a month and I think they're open every day from 10 to 4 all right. at the studios except for Sunday and Monday. Um, but is there's that, an opening it, night on January 6th I think you have to sign up for that because of COVID. Um, but the studios are always open to having people in there. It's, it's, it's that Jed Dodds. He's always up to something over there. Um, well, I can't wait to check it out. So people can go check in. Will there be ways to look at it? I don't want to encourage people not to go there. That's a great place, no matter what you're doing. But can you look at it? I online? believe there's going to be an online gallery of the images. Okay, um, and that'd be on the studio's website. Yeah, and um, I'm as you guys you might know, I'm kind of a deadline guy, so uh, <laughs> <clears throat> so I'm going to be working right up to the deadline to get this show finished and hung up. All right. Now, do you want to put in, if someone wants to chat with you about birds or have questions or how to get involved or talk about your exhibit coming up mm-hmm. or any of the crazy stuff we've talked about today, do you have an email or any way that you want them to contact you or just call the Keys Weekly? We can tell them. Keys Weekly, I, mean, I think my email address is in there every week. Um, I You can reach me at the, the keysaudubon.org website. You know, okay. It's K-E-Y-S-A-U-D-U-B-O-N like John James uh, Audubon, the famous bird painter. Um, so keysaudubon.org, or you can always get me at markhedden.com. Mark, that's easy, markhedden.com. Yeah. Except there's no O in Hedden. It's H-E-D-D-E-N. I don't do the spelling around here. That's no, no. I, for yeah. some reason, people put an O in my last name all the time. <laughs> it makes sense. All right, well, Mark, this has been great. We're at the time. So I'm going to do the last moment with you here on the Florida Keys 
weekly podcast and show. We've got Mark Hedden. We're going to do a quick six, seven, finish this sentence, uh, okay. finish this question. I don't want you to think about it. Tell I me. Mean, I want no, you. We should have been drinking for this one. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, that's, this is always more difficult without alcohol, but it's a kid's show. Um, it's a hol- holiday season. What's the worst Christmas gift you've ever given or received? Wow. Cuban Finch, right? No. My grandmother, when I was in eighth grade, gave me Hulk underoos. She gave you what? Hulk underoos, Hulk like the cartoon underoos. character underwear. I thought and you I, said something about a hemorrhoid. I was like a little old for that at that point. It was just kind of, that, that kind of traumatized me. Hulk underoos yeah. scared you. And I thought you Do said, you not remember underoos? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm wearing them now. Yeah. All right. Um, top three books every human or every American should read. Every American should read. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Jesus Son by Dennis Johnson, Johnson just because okay. it's hilarious and bleak and funny. Um, wow. I'm supposed to answer this quickly, aren't I? No, it's all right. We can edit some of the space in between us, Shanice's. I'm going to say... Uh, what we talk about when we talk about love, which is a book of short stories by Raymond Carver, okay. um, which I've been reading over and over again since I was 18. And uh, uh, I'm going to say Annie Dillard's uh, Pilgrim at Tinker Creek. All right. Which I like is a it. phenomenal natural, natural history book. And Annie lives down here part time. Oh, that's really cool. I yeah. think maybe you should add that to a column one week. It's really cool. Um, craziest thing you've ever seen in Key West? That we can I mean, I just did an entire show of Fantasy Fest photography, <laughs> so I don't really, I don't know if I can differentiate at this point. Um, right. I'm trying to think of something that would be, you know, PG rated. Yeah, it is on the radio, so you have, you have to be careful. Yeah. All right. Well, we can keep going. How about, um, who's a cooler bird, uh, Roadrunner or Big Bird? I'm going to say Big Bird. Why? Um, goofy. There's only one of them. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs> hey, listen, I just came up with these questions like 10 minutes ago. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Also, apparently in real life, roadrunners are actually slower than coyotes. All right. So I, I just it's thought of that. See, these are, the, these are the kind of natural history facts I feel compelled to deliver. Hey, to I like people. it. And I'll never watch it the same again. Wiley Coyote. So it's coyote. the big lie. Wiley, Roadrunner versus Coyote is the big lie. Speaking of big lies, true or false, you are the person behind the Gen Z conspiracy uh, that is the new movement in the theory that birds are not real and that they recharge their robots that recharge on power lines. I like the theory, but I'm I'm Gen X and I resent being called Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, two more here on my list, to, and I'm, I'm going to take you off the hook. So today, just now, before we sat down, O.J. Simpson is now a free man. That he, he's off parole in Nevada. Um, you talked about going on expeditions. Would you go on a week long bird watching expedition with O.J. by yourself? No. Okay. I don't think so. But also, he's probably going to move back to Florida again. Oh, man. Don't, don't put that in the universe, Mark. Um, <laughs> last question. Finish this sentence. This is for Joe Mitchell, your friend. Getting a hug makes me feel like... <laughs> Conflicted. <laughs> Not the one that I gave you, Mark. Yeah, Give yeah. Me a hug. Okay. 
Folks, this is Mark Hedden. He's on the show with me, Brett Myers. This is the Florida Keys Weekly Show, Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. I appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, Mark is one of the most fascinating people you'll ever meet. Read his column each week in the Keys Weekly. You can read it at keysweekly.com, where you can also find this podcast. And you can do that at keysweekly.com. That is Wild Things, is Mark's column. You do not want to miss his exhibits. are always fascinating. His most recent coming up, south of the southernmost at the studios of Key West. Mark, that email address, I believe, is TS. SKW.org. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So you can check that out there with other stuff they've got going on. And again, I want to thank our partners at AM 1600 and 103.3 FM and 93.7 NRG. Thank you for having us on your stations and for listening. And we can't wait to see everyone back. We've got some other fascinating guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. I can't let the cat out of the bag just yet. But Mark Hedden, we are extremely pleased and honored to have you on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. We'll have you back because we'll do some more. We'll drink next time. You got it. Folks, thanks for listening.